Thank you so much for joining us today on YouTube. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below so you can stay up to date with all that Church on the Hill has going on. If you haven't already, also follow us on social media, either Instagram or Facebook, both Church on the Hill and our senior pastor, Pastor Adam McCain. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the message. We are in a series that we've titled, I Promise. Would you say that with me? I Promise. You can do better than that. Say, I Promise. In fact, uh, Bible.com says that there's over 7,000 promises that the Lord makes to his people in the Holy Scriptures. Over 7,000 promises. And so we were joking last week. We decided that we're going to go through every one of them. So for the next 18 years, uh, we're just going to take... No, I'm just kidding. We just picked a couple, and we're in uh, part three. And if you didn't make it out the last couple of services or you missed them online, you can go back to our YouTube channel and check them out. But I've been teaching you about how God has made promises to us and that we can activate those promises, if you will, or we can engage with those promises, which give us hope, right? Because sometimes you get hopeless, you have difficulties in the way we think, and the bottom line is without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so when I go, when I'm taking us through the promises so that you can engage your hope again, that you can keep your faith activated because you know that he is a man of his word. In fact, the word of God says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. This has kind of been our core passage for this series. For all of the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. In other words, he said it, he's going to do it. He said it, he will accomplish it. Others may not have been able to accomplish their promises to you over the years, but God is not a man that he cannot accomplish his task. He is the living God. He's not a human like us who fail and have breakdowns. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you believe that? Say yes. There was a little boy who was acting up in school the other day. So his teacher pulled him aside and asked, do you remember what, I, what you promised me? And the little boy said, yes, that I wouldn't mis- misbehave anymore. And the teacher asked, and do you remember what I promised you? The little boy said, yes, you said that if I misbehave again, that you would send me, you promised to send me to the principal's office. But I thought since I broke my promise, it'd be okay for you to break your promise. (laughs) Come on, somebody. (laughs) Each and every one of us have experienced broken promises, and each and every one of us have made promises that we haven't followed through on. But our God will not break his promises to us. Our first week, we studied that he will forgive us and cleanse us. Everybody shout amen. He promises that he'll do that. And then last week, we looked into how he kept promising us, how he'll, how he'll keep moving in our lives. And then this week, we're moving into part three, and that is he promises to give us strength. Would you say that with me? Give us strength. Say it again. To give us strength. Amen. Our key scripture here is found in Isaiah chapter 41. Turn there with me quickly. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. It says, so do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah the prophet is prophesying. If you go through the book of Isaiah, you'll see much of what he uh, sees in the spirit realm. He sees uh, uh, what is to come. As he is prophesying these things to Israel, he um, is there in a time of uh, peace and rightness. But, um, but Isaiah begins to prophesy to him. But like you normally do, you're going to go away from the Lord. And you're going to have turmoil and difficulty as a result of it. But the Lord promises you that even in that, 
He says that he will strengthen you and help you. I believe that we can apply this to our lives, that no matter how difficult our life gets, no matter how many times we kind of disappoint the Lord and disappoint ourselves in serving the Lord, I, I, I believe that we can hold on to this promise not to fear or be dismayed because he will strengthen us and that he will help us. In fact, many of us right now are feeling weak. In fact, show of hands, you've been, last few months, you felt weak, either spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. You felt uh, just tired and even frustrated. Does that represent anybody? All right, I'm talking to the right people here today. And you, th- you say, why is that? Well, I'll show you why. Let me give you a quick clip of why many of us are so tired and weary right now. Play that for them. New allegations tonight about that deadly port explosion in Beirut. Both parents and administrators are trying to figure out how these recommended social distancing and health guidelines can even work in the classroom. Yeah, five update, 45 mile per hour winds. It is holding together pretty good here. It diminished a little bit, but you can already see a burst just starting. Right here has become the most divisive thing on the earth right now. Overnight. On fire. Protesters that Jeffrey Epstein's alleged crimes on his private island were somewhat of an open secret. Stocks stopped the market from drifting lower in the middle of the day. Stocks moved back to lows. Yeah, so we're living in crazy times right now. So surely we're a little worn out. Surely your emotions are kind of all over the place right now. Yeah, absolutely. But also maybe because of some of the bad habits that we've gotten into. Like, for example, we stopped reading the Word of God. We stopped worshiping. We stopped connecting with other believers. We've stopped Sabbathing. These are all things that will cause us to become weak and weary. All of these things will cause us to become undone, if you will. But the Lord makes promises to us. He makes promises to give us strength. Are you with me? Say yes. See, our God promises in Isaiah 40 and verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Philippians 4, 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Psalms 18, 1 and 2, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will, I said, the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Psalms 59 and verse 16, But I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will get up out of my old nasty bed, and I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress and my my refuge in times of trouble. Habakkuk 3 and 19 says it like this. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go up on the high places. And then Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. He gives me, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youth grow tired and weary and the young men stumble and fall. But those, but those, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not faint let me tell you something your God promises to give you strength no matter what's going on in your family no matter what's going on in the world no matter what side everybody is picking and you don't know what to do he will give you strength are you with me today say yes he's promised it and he will accomplish it 
And you and I need to settle into those promises. Oh, yes, he promises to give us wisdom like we talked about last week. Yes, he promises to forgive us and cleanse us like we talked about the week before. But I tell you right now, I'm watching Christians that are weary. They've become frustrated. They've lost their way. They feel so tired and undone. Friend, can I tell you something? It's time to stop living in your strength and start living in his strength. Are you with me today? Say yes. When I look into the Holy Scriptures, I see this man named Samson. Anybody remember that from VBS, our Sunday school? And, 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 you know, the History Channel did those different Bible characters a couple years ago. You remember that? And they, and they had this guy play Samson. He was a good-looking, huge African-American dude, just rah, and just, I mean, just I, while I was watching it, I was like, ooh, I want to be like that dude. He's just sexy and strong and that kind of stuff. And that's such a beautiful picture, but that's not what I believe Samson was like. In fact, I believe Samson was just an ordinary dude. But the problem with being ordinary is that when we think ordinary, then we act ordinary. But he had a Nazarite vow that he was committed to. And from the very inception of who he was, God told his parents, this man, this child, will bring about the deliverance of Israel. See, you have to understand the Philistines had been warlords over the Israelites. And they were horrible. They were treacherous. And God had heard the cry of the Israelites to help them. And so he sent them a deliverer, if you will. And his name was Samson. He would be one of the judges that we refer to as those who led Israel. And Samson was a young man from the very beginning. And the Bible says that he was to have a Nazarite vow. In other words, he wasn't supposed to drink alcohol. He wasn't supposed to do this or that or that or the other. It was a total dedication and commitment to the living God. Not to be, not to play games and do a little church life and a little, little bit of sin life and a little bit of church life. No, no. He was supposed to be totally dedicated to the Lord. And his parents raised him that way. He submitted to that calling. And the Bible teaches us that all of a sudden, when terrible moments would happen, that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him. In fact, let me read you one of those real quick. You still got your Bible? Say yes. Judges chapter 15 and verse 14. It says, and, and he appeared, excuse me, as he approached Leha, the Philistines came toward him shouting, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. Everybody say the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Then Samson said, with a donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With a donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. One man cannot kill a thousand men. This is the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him as the enemy, the, 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 the treacherous enemy is attacking him. The ropes that has bound him, they're taking him to them like a prisoner. They break off supernaturally. He takes a bone of a dead animal that's there, a jawbone, and he begins to whoop and murder, kill, if you will, destroy every one of these thousand Philistines. A great victory was wrought from the Lord, not because Samson was bigger than everybody else. Not because he was built like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Andre the Giant or whoever else big and amazing that you know. I mean, you, I, I love to watch the ESPN strongmen competitions. Those guys are huge, They're vi- but they can't kill a thousand guys at one time with a bone. That is the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord wants to come upon you and give you strength where you are weak, where you do not have the ability. We keep trying to work in our own strength to accomplish things in our own strength. And what the message today is, it's in His strength that you will come out of your weariness. In his strength, you will overcome the brokenness of your life. It is in his strength that you will be able to be who God made you to be. Are you there today? Say yes. So what was his strength? What was it? Was it, was it just the Spirit of the Lord coming up? It was based on his dedication 
to the Lord. This Nazarite vow, if you will. This is where his strength comes from. In fact, we see towards the end of these passages in the book of Judges that he gets hooked up with a prostitute. And the Philistines come to her and say, you better find out his strength. Because every time we go to beat him, he, something comes on him and he's got this strength. You find it out. And so what does she do? She starts messing with him. Tell me how you're so strong. And Samson, man, he plays the game with her time and time again. He makes up these lies. Well, a fresh rope. And it's, come on, you got, some of you guys know the story. If not, go back and read it for yourself in Judges 16. And it comes down to the last moment where she just gets him. He can't take it anymore. And he shares with her where his strength comes from. Look at this in Judges chapter 16, verses 15. Then she said to him, how can you say you love me when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. And with such nagging, just stop right there and ponder that thought for a second. She prodded him day after day until he was sick to death. And I'm not even going to comment on that. I'm just going to read the Bible. Verse 17. So he told her everything. He told her everything. The Bible does not record what all he tells her, but it does record this. He makes this statement in the midst of telling her everything. No razor has been used on my head because, he says, I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. Depending on what History Channel version of this story you watched or what type of teacher you had in Sunday school, Somehow, it seems as though as kids, you may have gotten the concept that his long hair gave him his strength. That wasn't it at all. That was just one of the pieces that marked his dedication to his God. It was one of the covenant relationship pieces that he made. God, I won't cut my hair. I won't drink, drink, I won't drink alcohol. All these things were not the things that made him anointed and gifted and talented. Well, those are pieces of his checkoff list that, that consummated his dedication to the living God. And what happens so many times as Christians is we play games back and forth and we don't hold to our word that, Lord, I'm dedicated to you. I will not go back to this. I will not go back to that. And when we start going back to that, we don't understand the problem of weakness that comes upon us. Friend, your strength is found in your dedication to the living God. It's your day in and day out. I'm going to be faithful. I may not be perfect, but I'm going to be faithful. I may mess it all up, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to wake up every day, dust myself off and say, Jesus, I'm in your hands once again. It's that dedication. And the moment she found found out that his strength was tied to his Nazarite vow, to his dedication to the living God. She began to work towards that and work against that, and he began to give himself over to that, and that one little sign of cutting his hair was the last little straw, and when that happened, the Lord said, you're on your own, buddy, and they were able to destroy this man, all because he had gotten tired and frustrated of staying dedicated. Are you with me? Say yes. The strength of the Lord will be upon those who are dedicated to him day in and day out. We may make mistakes. We may become weary. But I'll tell you, at the end of it all, he will see himself strong in us. Are you with me today? Say yes. So how do we tap in to the strength promise? How do we tap into it? Well, let me give you a couple thoughts here. Number one, here's the first thing. And that is, do not fear your own weakness. Write that down. It'll help you. Do not fear your own weakness. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear... For I am with you. This is our key scripture. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
See, fear is causing us to fail. Fear of being weak is making you weak. We all get weak. Ladies and gentlemen, we all get weak. We all stumble and fall. And the fear of that is causing us not to trust in his great strength. We're so scared of failing that we're failing. We're so scared of being weak that we're weak. See, the fear of being weak is causing you to be weak. Why? Because when you just own it, I'm weak. Help me, Lord. Then he can say, all right, let me help you. But it's that whole, I got this, I got this, I got this. It is so fun to watch someone who was so arrogant and prideful attempt something that they're weak in, and all the answers and solutions are sitting around them, and they won't ask for help because they want to not be thought of as weak. Friend, every one of us are weak in some type of area. Somebody in this room doesn't have it all together, and I'm the starting point right there. I can tell you that now. I am weak. But in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. He will, if you, he will see us through. In fact, the Apostle Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more uh, gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. The Apostle Paul had come to him and he'd asked him. He said, Lord, I... I need help in this particular area. And the Lord, he said, I went to him three times. And, uh, and most scholars believe it was in reference to the fact that Paul was losing his eyesight and probably was struggling to be able to see. So here he is. Can you imagine being a man of God and everywhere you go, you're seeing healings and miracles, but yet you now have something that's not getting healed? Come on, we've all been there, right? So it's God. Is he real? Is he fake? Is it, is it broken? And so can you imagine even theologically all the people uh, that, that are watching him heal others, but he can't get healed? And so he's like, what's, they're all probably putting him to the test. Like, what's wrong? Do you have hidden sin? Did you, did you rebel against the Lord? And so the Apostle Paul says, I went before the Lord over and over again. Three times I implored the Lord, Lord, what, heal me. And the Lord responded to me, my grace is sufficient for you. What I'm going to do through you is I'm going to teach you how to have my strength in your weakness. Because in your weakness, my strength is made perfect as it will. Because can I just tell you something? God loves to show out when we are weak. He loves to show out when we're weak. I know some of you white people don't get that. So let me, let me just help translate that. The love, the Lord loves, he literally loves to show everybody around how great he is in you because you are weak. When you and I submit to that, say, Lord, I'm weak, but you're strong. I, I, I really can't overcome this, but you can. And Lord God, I surrender myself, and I recognize that I'm weak, and I'm not going to be ashamed of my weakness. Instead, I'm going to call upon you. Here's the second big piece that you need to learn to do if you want to access, if you will, that promise to strengthen us, and that is you need to operate in his strength. This is critical. This is a critical piece of what I want to teach you today. Operate in his strength, not your strength. His strength. His strength. Look what Ephesians 6.10 says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Look at it with me again and say it with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His. Say it again. His mighty power. You keep asking the Lord to make you stronger. What you need to do is say, I surrender to your strength. You keep trying to get him to build you, and he's saying, how about you step aside and let me just do it? Why don't you, let, why don't, why don't you yield yourself to my strength? Why don't you let me be strong in you? 
and start learning how to operate my strength, if you will. I was trying to illustrate this for you uh, to, uh, this last week, and Pastor Jonathan and the team, we got together. How can we illustrate, how can we get a mental picture for you on what it looks like to operate his strength, operate in his strength and not in your own? And I think we figured it out. We want to show you some footage for just a second, a video we made for you. Go ahead, play that for him. Can you imagine, you roll up on the scene of an accident like this, a, a car has been smashed, but inside that vehicle is a small child. You go into panic, you're trying to figure out how to get them out. You're pulling, you're tugging. You know that they've just got moments left in life and, uh, and you can't get it open. That's when something more powerful than you has to be accessed. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to yield his power like these jaws of life. They can't pull that door open in their own strength. No matter how big they are, uh, how much uh, working out they've done, there's got to be something more powerful in this situation. And that's exactly what the jaws of life yield them. And it's the same thing with us. When we yield our strength and our intellect to His power, supernatural things can happen and life can be saved. We want to thank the Cedar Hill Fire Department for all they do, not only to save our lives, our first responders, but even helping us make this video. So right there in the audience or at home, we just give a great round of applause for the One Cedar more Hill time. Fire Department team. They're the best. Thank you for them, God. Woohoo! So we had so much fun filming with them, and um, it actually, Pastor Jonathan got to operate the jaws of life. And uh, any of you that have had that experience, it is really cool because you've got this machinery in your hand. And uh, we actually did. We walked up. We were trying to pull the smashed car door open. We couldn't. It was bent. The metal was all twisted. And, uh, and then they put all the equipment on Pastor Jonathan. And he got in there, man, and he started And he's looking at me like I am living the dream right now. Every man's dream to operate heavy equipment. And as he was doing that, you could see the joy of being able to accomplish something that he could not accomplish in his own strength. See, God's power will crack open anything. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. We have to learn to operate in his strength, not try to operate in our strength. See, can I tell you something? You're not going to get that. You're not going to get that wayward adult child say, but Jesus can. You're not going to be able to cause that person at work to start being nice all of a sudden. You're not going to get that person uh, by all of your intellect and all the things you're posting to stop being prejudiced or racist. God can do that. His power flowing through you, you activating his power, you not trying to move in your own power because you recognize there's a limit to my ability. There's a limit to my strength. There's a limit to how much I can take. How many times have you heard someone say, I just can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Good, because God can. He's more powerful than that. I just can't forgive anymore. Good, God can. Through you, you need to access his power. And what I love about the whole concept, I want you to picture you're the one operating all the gears. You're, you're pulling the levers, but it's his great power flowing through to accomplish something supernatural and amazing. If you can make that switch in your brain and, start to st and stop saying, oh, God, 
God, if I can just overcome, if I just can't be good enough, I can't stop sinning, I can't be, stop being addicted, and back up and say, Lord, I'm weak. I need your power. Let me operate your power. The Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. All those that rise up against me shall fall. I will not give in to that addiction anymore. I will not let bitterness control my heart anymore. Lord, let your power come into that, and supernatural things start happening when you and I operate his power and his strength, not in our own strength. Are you there today? Say yes. Here's the third way to operate, or excuse me, access, you will, this promise of his strength, and that is be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I would be a terrible minister if I did not teach you the deep truths of the things of God. And when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit, when you and I become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and lives and abides in us. Here at Church on the Hill, we see, the, we see a continued activation of the power of the Holy Spirit like with the, at the day of Pentecost when they became baptismo. They weren't just filled with the Spirit, but they became baptismo, fully immersed. And all of a sudden, this Peter who kept falling and flailing and denying Jesus, all of a sudden, and he stands up and he starts preaching bold and courageous. Where did that strength come from? It was the power of the Holy Spirit that was activated in him. Coming through him, Jesus said, and ye shall receive power after which the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so many people get caught up and they're so scared about the gifts and praying in tongues. And I don't know if I believe in that. And I was told this over there, friend, forget all that. Get the power. Get the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. I have a beautiful prayer language. And when I pray in my prayer language, what happens is things start breaking loose. It is as though I am just sitting there and his power is flowing through me. I, I, I picture it like, a, like, a, like an extension cord all the time that I'm plugged into him. His power starts plugging. Uh, flowing through me, plugged into something else, and that ignites. Not because I'm so wonderful, but because I'm a conduit. And you've got to allow yourself to be a conduit for the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you. And so when I pray, when I pray in my prayer language, things begin to break loose. I promise you, it's supernatural. It makes no sense to the carnal mind. But the Bible says in Galatians that the things of the carnal mind, or the things of the Spirit, excuse me, are foolish to the carnal mind. They make no sense. And so you cannot try to explain some of those things. It's just God flowing through through us supernaturally. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, look what it says. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, excuse me, we do not know what we ought to pray for, comma, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. When the apostle Peter, when he began, after he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, he begins to go forward in power and authority that he had never walked in before. In fact, the people around him begin to say, who are these uneducated men? But we, they're turning the world upside down. We can tell they've been with Jesus. It's the Spirit of the Lord that gives you power and strength, and you cannot operate in your own strength. Come on. How many of us have destroyed relationships in our own strength, trying to make it better, and we just kept messing it up? How many of us have failed at jobs because we kept trying to prove ourselves, prove ourselves in our own ability, and we only stumbled and fought in the process, and only to be humiliated and frustrated? Friend, we need the strength of God. We need to yield ourselves to his mighty power. We need to just own the fact that we're weak. In an area. The best thing you could ever do is just say, you know what, God, I'm not good in this. I'm weak in this. Best thing you could ever do is look a spouse in the face and say, you know what, I'm weak in this. This is not, I'm not strong here, but I'm asking God for his strength in this area. I'm asking for supernatural strength in an area that I'm weak in. You and I have to humble ourselves and we can access this promise. He promises, I will give you strength. I will give you strength. 
Boy, I tell you, the Christian needs strength like ne- right now like we've never needed. We're in times of turmoil and difficulty, and people are hurt, people are scared, people are frustrated. Oh, not so for the believer. We should be standing there and go, I don't know how it's going to happen, but he made me a promise. I don't know how it's going to come about, but he's made me a promise. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I'm holding to the promise that I'll not be weak and overtaken by the enemy, but I, and though youth may stumble and fall, I will soar on wings like eagles. I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and not faint and start holding to those promises. Even you say, I don't even, Pastor, I don't even believe it sometimes. Me either. But I keep holding to his strength because I get weak and I get like, oh, are you sure, God? Like, are you in this? But it's his strength, not my strength. That's the switch I want you to make in your heart and your mind. Lord, I need your strength. I need, not mine. Mine can't, my, my, my ability is inability, but your ability is supernatural. And there's nothing that your God is limited with. Are you with me today? Say yes. Amen. Hey guys, wasn't that a great word today? You know, I'm so thankful that the word isn't limited to a Sunday morning at a certain time or the four walls of the church building, but it can go through whatever time you may be watching this, wherever venue you might be at. The word of God can minister to you no matter where you are. You know, if you're interested in partnering with what Church on the Hill is doing, not only locally, but globally, you say, I really want to invest with that, with Church on the Hill, in advancing kingdom business. And you can do so by partnering with us by sending a donation to P.O. Box 3815, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75106. Hey guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again.